episode 126 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week, we're talking about support's relationship to the product team. So stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today, Simone Secchi. Simone, lovely to have you back again. And we're talking about support's relationship to product this week. So I think this is one of those relationships in a business, which can be one of the best investments that a leadership team can make, right? If you get this relationship functioning really well, I think that the the, the loop that you have between support and product can be so valuable to the business, can't it? Yeah. And, you know, I think that also there's a, a, a circumstantial sort of aspect of it, right? I think that you might um, be in an organization from the beginning and, and then you follow a little bit of the different environments get organized or you might step into a leadership role where this uh, dynamics are already existing and it's a longstanding company. For example, like you might not end up in connection with the product team directly, which poses a little bit more of an obstacle to this path of connecting with them, right? If the support team might be organized yeah. under the guys of the sales team or 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 uh, or the marketing team, uh, or, yeah, and and def- and definitely as as organizations mature, just the amount of hoops that you have to jump through to to right. reach the relevant parties to it becomes more distant, doesn't it? As organizations grow, historically, the bigger organizations that I've been involved with just have you have you practically have a suggestion box <laughs> for for enhancement requests, right? And that's your only feedback mechanism to product you have no no visibility as to what's happening internally and and how that other half of that relationship's working absolutely but i'm happy you mentioned visibility because then you know from the sort of uh faithful aspect of it we can go to the to the what can i do about it aspect of it or the, the practical like um, aspect of it so there is definitely something that you can build um, in terms of like creating a bridge with with the product team, uh, which is enhancing the visibility of uh, the players involved and, and building your team in a way that sort of uh, mirrors the needs of uh, of the product as it's, as it's built by um, by the company. Uh, I mean, there's no product that's ready, that is just finished, right? It will it will dynamically grow as you you know as you uh, are in the role and, and things take shape. So I think that within that, you can create both roles within your team and, and initiatives that uh, are beneficial to the, the growth of the product that take into account things like the OKRs of the company and the OKRs that are directly linked with the product. And, and so how can you serve with these OKRs? Uh, and by doing that, creating a, a, a bridge uh, and a, and a two-way street with the with the product team where you get included more as you as you do more things that they see as interesting and useful uh also do what they're trying to do so i think mm. that's something that they, that it, it's built no matter what that you are in a, in a position that it's like here uh, like the one i was where i was brought in in a company where the support team was already under the the product team so to speak so we had that 
the relationship already going and, and, uh, and you know, there were meetings, they were already including the support teams and things like that mm-hmm. or not. So either way, I mean, there is a structure to build there. Yeah, yeah. And the structure, I think I think the structure is exactly as you describe. It's a bridge. It's a bridge with a two-way street on it, right? Because I, I, I really love that analogy because I think it's, um, I think product teams generally potentially anyway have a propensity to operate as an island. You know, I think, I think that they, um, I, I think I don't want to tar all product designers and product managers <laughs> with the same brush, but nonetheless, I think that unless you regularly refer back to your customers' needs and wants and desires, it's easy just to build the pretty stuff, isn't it? Or the clever stuff and, and aim for what you believe your customers to want. And so that, that bridge, that communication between your customers through support to product and back again, that kind of, that, that two-way process is really key to ensuring that what the product team builds is really what your customers want. Absolutely. And, and to use another analogy, just like you do and when you're trying to um, I mean, understand what type of conversation you're going to have with somebody you don't know, you're trying to find common ground. And so this is a similar thing where like you, you start thinking, okay, what does the what ultimate goals does the support team and, uh, and the product team have in common and what um, things are we both looking at? Um, you know, in, in uh, sort of like building our strategies. And one thing is obviously uh, customer feedback. So customer experience is both very important for product team and for support team, right? So you have that in common. So might as well try to build a common strategy there because you can um, provide a lot of uh, free non-Amazon uh, card that reward needed, no, uh, um, you know, UX uh, research. Um, propelled uh, custom free customer feedback that comes flowing into support as as we know, and you can just you know box it up nicely and and make it um, you know uh, come in and centralized uh, in a way uh, in in a common place where uh, you know product team can reorganize it and and you can be part of that conversation and actually part of that conversation. So that's one way. That's one common ground. Right. And, and probably the most fruitful relationship can be built around this common ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the, the other thing as well is that um, the quantity of conversations that we have with customers is you know, is so high, even in, even in a support team where the volumes are pretty low, that your support team are talking to your customers more than any other part of the business, almost, almost invariably. I, I would say more, more than sales, more than implementation, probably more than success. Your support team is talking to customers more often and I think has a better and more holistic record of the needs of your entire customer base in, in a way that's different to success. Success have the needs of individual customers at heart. But I, I think that there is such a lot of data available. And I know we, we've both had conversations before about data and about the kind of things you can extract and how you can extract them from, from those conversations. But I think just that quantity of conversation, if you get that, um, 
if you're able to extract the main themes, it's very easy to quantify and prioritize. It's very easy to find the common ground between what, as you said, what what your company's OKRs are, what your product team ideologically kind of want to do with the product, but what your customers need, right? Absolutely. And I mean, as you mentioned, one of my favorite subjects either. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I thank you for it. And, uh, you know, the the very act of, of quantifying and measuring it, this, this feedback involves like uh, you having uh, a growing interest and in understanding of of uh, what kind of data you can you can leverage and uh, what kind of data you can um, also just really cause in a way because mm. so it's sort of like a passive attitude to it to, to sort of like looking at, at like the raw data of the interactions and the the unstructured data like just the comments the recurring recurring terms or and whatnot and and sort of like taking it in and classify it but it's also like okay what can we actually um sort of find out um, that, that that is there. What can we stimulate in in a way? As sort of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sort of feedback, right? So now this sounds like a little bit cloudy and sort of like smokier. But what I mean by that is, uh, for example, how do I how do you structure your your CSAT, for example? What I see in in the CSAT, and this is obviously just my opinion there, um, but I see that there are several type of surveys that you're gonna have in order to get customer feedback. You have your NPS, you have your your uh, customer effort score, and and then you you have uh, you know uh, CSAT, and there I, and you I'm I'm really trying to measure the performance of my team mostly, right? Mm-hmm. But then there is what I call the accidental feedback there, mm-hmm. which can be just as precious, which is mostly obtained from actual like negative. Um, outcomes into mm-hmm. CSAT. But so you can let those negative outcomes weigh you down, or you can slice those negative outcomes with, uh, with questions where you really understand uh, what this negative reaction to poor performance was about. And that's where you can say, you, you can ask, are you, as a customer, actually upset about your experience with the product? And that's you turn that CSAT into an other mm. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think um, I really like the the observation that a negative actually is really informative. I, th- I think that if there's one thing I've observed, and I, I think we should aim to do in our relationship with product, I say one thing. It's really two things. <laughs> the first is we should endeavor to tell our product teams what our customers are trying to do with the product but then we should also tell our product teams what our customers want to do next and and I think they're two quite different things and I think that you know what they're trying to do is essentially you know probably a a missed expectation I think that's probably the extraction of the negative uh, comments the negative sentiments that you're talking about it didn't do what I wanted it to do Um, versus love it would like it if it could do this for me next, even if it's not the customer actively telling you that, if you can extract those sentiments. And I think that comes more from positive feedback and questions, whereas the 
the not meeting expectations side, the what the customers wanted it to do that it didn't do right now is 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 in the negative feedback, isn't it? And I think that's those are the two things I think we should aim to do with product. Absolutely, and and what you mentioned can definitely inform a better um, customer experience, uh, a better flow, which are all things that product design are very important. Um, you know, and can inform, for example, and, and can be beneficial. Like, like I said, it's a two-way street where you can have those fruitful conversation about this type of feedback, and uh, you sit down with a product designer and you're thinking about the position and shape of, uh, and, and what by shape I mean, like the design of, uh, of tooltips, for example, like about the product and how can you redirect those tooltips to your to your help center uh, and by that also cutting down in the interact the possible interaction caused by the absence of that uh, yeah. ex uh, of that uh, customer experience that helps you helps your team in deflecting a lot of possible mm-hmm. um, you know tickets yeah, it's as simple as that, isn't it? It's finding the gap, getting that gap bridged in product results in fewer support tickets. That's the two-way street. It's as yeah. simple as that, yeah. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 126 for the show notes and I'll see you next time.